Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Happy Friday. The weekend is here on the BWI Daily Edition. I'm your host, Thomas Frank Carr. We've got best bets coming up in a little bit. It's right before the holiday season. You probably already eyeing up your Black Friday deals. Do you need a little extra cash in your pocket? Ryan Stein is going to help you out with that on the best bets segment of the show. But before that, the stuff that fans really want to know. What is the latest with Daniel Harris? He is a four-star corner in the class of 2023. A huge get that Penn State might be able to land. Might be. We'll give you the twists and turns on the BWI Daily Edition. There he is, the man of the hour, Ryan Snyder, here for our Friday conversation. Ryan, how you doing? Doing well, man. I am headed back on the road tonight, so looking forward to that. Heading to D.C. to watch Tony Rojas tonight. I've been meaning to see him for a while now, so excited to to hit the road after we're done doing this. And um, I wanted to go to that Lake Braddock game really badly earlier in this year, but it was the same weekend, I believe, as Ohio State and or, or the Whiteout. But what, either way, it was one of those – I knew it was going to be a crazy busy weekend, so it was hard to – go to D.C., get to State College, and then do everything you have to do after those games. So I'm excited that there is a rematch between Fairfax and Lake Braddock because that was a game I had circled, and uh, it's it works a lot easier on the calendar this week. Yeah, total tangent here, but you mentioned Tony Rojas. I was having a good conversation on the BWI message board, the Lions Den message board, which is a great reason to sign up for BlueWhiteIllustrated.com for 10 bucks, and you get uh, from now until next football season – uh, as part of your premium access, we were having a conversation about Tony Rojas, and, and really it was about 2023, right? And who can contribute next year? What might the lineup on defense look like, given a couple parts and pieces moving around? And I know we talk about 2022 and how there were a lot of pieces that were ready to uh, contribute early. There's some guys in this class. I was going through the the Rolodex in my head of defenders that might be able to contribute next year. Pretty impressive list, and Rojas with that four four speed at mm-hmm. linebacker, you know, raw player, but with that speed and that size, you know, he he jumped to the top of my mind, and hmm, we'll see where that goes this off season. So, lot to be excited about heading into December, and you're going to get way more information from Ryan on Tony after he goes to the game uh, to today, and then of course. Check out Blue White Illustrated here on YouTube for those highlights or whatever we decide to do with all of that information coming up next week. But you mentioned on Tuesday, this is a big mm-hmm. news from last weekend, Daniel Harris. He decommitted from Georgia. There was some conversation that Penn State was a huge factor in that decision. What's happened since? Because this is like, yeah. you know, the re- this is the recruiting drama that everyone signs up for. Right. Um, <laughs> it's uh, other than my kids, what makes me pull my hair out at night sometimes. But, uh, <laughs> so, I mean, so here's what I, I, I have a pick in for Daniel Harris and I still there's no reason for me to change it. But I will note that our colleague, Chad Simmons, uh, is probably talking to Harris as much or more than anyone. And Harris or uh, excuse me, Simmons uh, earlier this week kind of backed off the Penn State talk a little bit and, and you know, 
was kind of mentioning that he thinks uh, that this may still be Georgia's to lose. And I haven't, I haven't spoke with, with Chad yet about it. He's traveling up to actually DC area tonight to watch IMG St. Francis. I wasn't able to catch up with him before we did this, but the, the one thing I know, or the, the one thing I understand at least about why he decommitted or a big part of it was just the, the amount of talent there. And he wants to get on the field and uh, he feels that he can get on the field quicker at Penn state, which is interesting to me. I don't, you don't, see that often um you know but i've had multiple people kind of mention to me that that's one of the reasons he backed out so look georgia absolutely wants him georgia has resources uh and they will do whatever they've got to do from an nil perspective to keep him there i mean this isn't a situation where he was processed or anything like that i i still the i still feel confident with penn state or why i wouldn't change my pick back to georgia or anything like that is that i know he's discussed dates with the staff or potential commitments and things like that. I mean, there was, there was talk earlier in the week that it could be this week. Now I'm hearing a little bit more maybe after Thanksgiving. Uh, so I'm, I'm not mm-hmm. going to go into dates like that because they're not concrete or anything like that, but I, I just know that's been discussed with Penn state. So I think what's really clear right now is George is working very hard to, to get him back uh, because it wasn't like there was a falling out with the coaches or anything like that. I mean, this, right. seems, this seems to be more about, um, his relationship with Penn State, which is very, very positive, and then also, uh, you know, the, the depth that 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 Georgia has at his position, and those seem to be the, the two main drivers in this. So, uh, I'll be curious to see where we're at in a week from now, because in a week from now, or excuse me, about maybe about more, more so two weeks from now, I would yeah. say, because Thanksgiving is going to, you know, it's just it's just always kind of a tricky week. But when we get to that week after Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, uh, that's where I want to see where he's at because. That's kind of where I think it would make sense for him to commit to Penn State if that mm-hmm. if he gets my drift there. Uh, but if he's not, then that tells me that George is George is in his ear a little bit more than what maybe Penn State thought he would be. And go back to the original premises here, or premise I should say, uh, is he, just your observation. Is he right to say that he could get on the field quickly at Penn State? Uh, I, I think he's the most talented player, uh, you know, from a ranking perspective and things like that. But yeah, and there's some serious talent in the, in that in that backfield. Now, I would say that the yeah. talent kind of pops to me a little bit more is that safety than at corner. But um, I mean, but also like let's be real, like Georgia Georgia has more talent uh, right. at that position, or at least they've stacked over the last couple of years. So let's see. I I can't I can't pretend I have an, enough of a great feel for Georgia's situation to 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 get an idea of what he's seeing there. Uh, I do yeah. feel like Penn State has plenty of talent there. I mean, Terry Terry Smith's done a great job uh, here in recent years stacking that talent, and he's, he's, yeah. he's got more of it coming in this year. Uh, I think I think King Mack will probably be playing there, and, of course, Elliott Washington as well. So we'll see. But, uh, I mean, there's no doubt that Daniel Harris would be I – mean, Sean and I talked about the other day. He would probably be uh, the highest-rated guy with Kalen King, depending on which rating you look at. But, but certainly the argument that he's the highest-rated guy in recent years. Yeah, and just, you know, kind of spitballing about that topic is this is another thing we were talking about earlier today is what does that cornerback room look like? And, you know, Joey Porter Jr. sets a a great template for what you would want out of your boundary corner. And here is a six foot two, 175 pound corner. And Penn State has played, at least in rotation, some young players throughout the years going back to Kalen King being a part of the conversation last season. Um, so it's an interesting conversation of position within the position and, of course, then talent and him coming in and earning all of those things. So uh, that's why it was an intriguing thing you just said, that is 
is he right? Penn State's this is the most talented Penn State secondary has been in a long time, and mm -hmm. uh, but here is a guy that genuinely has unique talent. Though. Yeah, right. It's not Georgia secondary right. though. So we'll see. We'll see. Um, I, 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 like I said, I, I think we're going to, it's kind of going to be quiet here for the next week, but I think when we get into that final week, November into December, I'll be digging on that. I'll be digging on that week. So be patient over the next week here. It's just Thanksgiving. There's a lot of, this is always a weird week, but uh, after that, we'll, I think we might start getting some answers. What would his commitment, if he were to commit to the Nittany Lions, um, does that give them the potential of being back in the top 10? Uh, no, I, not just him. I mean, they would need some other things to fall in place. And uh, I, I don't just just looking up the board. I, I, I mean, I still see I think USC is still behind him. They could still potentially move up above Penn State. So I still see Penn State being 11, 12, something like that. Which is, you know, considering right. not a bad position to be right, especially yeah. with the composite rank of four talent four star talent they have in the class which we've talked about uh, regularly you know basically in the summer throughout the whole conversation of how many four stars do you need to get to that top 10 status and and mm -hmm. they you know that you whole situation stars. yeah you need five stars you need five star players to to be a top 10 class unless you put up 15 16 17 i mean right now i think florida is the only one i don't have the i wish i could put up real quick but i think florida, when i looked the other day florida was the only one who had uh, no five stars, but was top 10. And I think they have 18 four stars, I think is what it is. 17, 18, something like that. And Penn State, of course, has 14 right now with six three-star players. So uh, I think they could still add another one or two. But remember, USC is right behind them. They have two five-star players, and uh, they're at that 20. I think they're at 20 as well. Uh, there you go, T. Frank. Look at yeah. you. Did I get my numbers right? It. Florida, Let's see. Six, 18. 18 four stars, yep. And then, yeah, like yeah. I said, you got USC there with two five stars and and one, uh, or excuse me, nine four stars. Excuse me, uh, yep. and you know they still have room to add as well. And then you have Tennessee too. Tennessee's, you know, they got all that collective money. You got A and M. I mean, shoot, look at think about A and M. I mean, obviously they're yep, having they a only have eleven year, commits they, here, right? So, so I still I still see Penn State falling outside of the of the top ten. But but if they could finish twelfth. And you look at just the depth of that four-star talent, and obviously you compare it. You, you look at last year's class, and and especially not just last year's class, but all the playmakers that are making impacts. You know, of course, everybody knows Nick and Katron, but think about Deny and and Zane and KJ Winston's out there. We're, we're seeing yep. Cam Miller get on the field. I mean, boy, there is some serious talent. This is a great class to come back with. And then, oh by the way, the 2024 class, as I wrote about earlier this year. The region is on pace to be the 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 best we've seen under under James Franklin when it comes to four star talent. So there's there is a lot to be excited about from that perspective. They got to finish this class. I think they will. I mean, Dakari is the only one really taking visits anywhere, and yeah, um, that still seems to be okay for Penn State. So they 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 should have too many issues with this class, and then they can really get 2024 rolling. So two questions here, um, stemming off what you just said. I, I don't know if I've asked you this one yet. It, I've been thinking about it for a while now but who's the who's the freshman that surprised you that got on the field this year that you weren't expecting have we talked about this on air um no um i mean drew drew shelton maybe uh, yeah. just because he's an offensive lineman uh i mean i, I expected kj winston to play i've really i've been so high on kj winston for the longest yep. time i mean i don't remember if you remember when we started i was he was the one i was writing about of like, hey, this guy needs to be a four star and all that stuff, and that I don't want to take the credit for that. That's that's more source sources that I talked to saying like, what is wrong with you guys? This is a four star yeah. player. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. But uh, 
But I mean, I mean, I I think I would go with Drew Shelton. I've always thought Drew had a high ceiling. I didn't think he could get on the field right away. But but I would also say that, and then obviously this is because of injury. But when I did see him at the the late seven on seven, um, so it was like late June, and then I saw him again actually in July too at a different camp. Boy, he looked physically oh, really yeah. really impressive. I mean, you were there, T Frank. You saw him too. Yeah. So yeah. So you know, I'd probably have to go with Drew because I mean, think about it. We we were look at what we were hearing about Zane Durant. Deny was always going to get out there. You knew, you knew Nick and Katron would get out there. You know, actually, I guess maybe another guy too with Amari Evans. Amari that, Evans getting on the field. Yeah. That's a good pick. So that was the one I was going to bring up just because he played quarterback. Like how how he made the transition, especially from spring, where I saw a mm-hmm. lot of raw route running to being a part of the conversation in camp and then being on the field for all of these games. Like, I, I don't think he's had the impact necessarily to say like, um, that it was like a home run necessarily mm-hmm. of, of him playing this year. But the fact that he's been out there and has been participating, that was a, that's a home run, you know, that he was the guy right. that came out of that group to be the one that they trusted enough to be on the football field. Right. For sure. So it's, it's yeah. looks very positive moving forward. You know, we got to finish this class up and, and they got to get 2024 rolling. I, I'll be honest. I am a little surprised that they still have just one commit in 2024. That was one thing that you would have told me that, back in august I, I probably would have been against that so but i you know they they'll they'll go on their run in in january and february and they'll give, they'll give me a reason to keep working every weekend in february or, you know <laughs> january and then in march so yeah our our uh our significant others not gonna love that part i i, I can already hear it at um, least february is so- a dead period now man it used to be and I, i'm we're done on this topic after this but it used to be february was when they had a lot of junior days but now yeah. that's at least a dead period which coaches needed that as much as anybody because it was one of the few months where you really had off you had the july dead period glad you go on vacation but really other than that that was that was pretty much it um you know i guess august became a dead period too to focus on practice but but at one point there was no august dead period and there was no february dead period july was the only one and then you had 11 months of visits at any time and, and uh you know fortunately the nca changed that but obviously i'm grateful for it for for my family but i'm not the one you know it's the coaches that really put yeah. the crazy work so Uh, One last thing. I want to go through this and just update this since last time you and I really looked at the top rankings and and talked Mm -hmm. about this. Is there anything here that surprises you? Any any jumps that you weren't expecting or any teams that you um, you know, maybe were you expected and now has come to to fruition? No, because Notre Dame has the new head coach bump. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, we see that. Who's the other one there? LSU, new head coach. bump. Florida. You see that. And then Florida, new head coach bump. You know, all three of them have brand brand new head coaches. Miami too, new head yep. coach. So you see that every, you know, every pretty much every time. You know, for for a major program, not not every school out there, but for most, you know, uh, elite programs like that, you see that bump there. So those would be the the schools you point to, right? In Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, uh, Texas, to some degree, I guess maybe a little bit you can point to. But uh, you know, of course, they got Arch Manning, which I didn't. I mean, we always thought they were going to be a player, but, uh, you know, one point didn't look like he was going to end up at Texas. So I, I think for the most part, the top 10 looks about right. I mean, Oregon's done, Oregon has another head coach, new head coach. They're, they're up there. So I think the schools that you would point to are, are also the schools that have uh, new head coaches. 
And just one last uh, look here at Penn State. No five-star uh, talent at this point, although Javen Williams and Alex Birchmeyer make a strong case that either of them could be five-star talents. They have that yeah. level of, of skill. But 14 four-stars, six three-stars in the class of 2023. And as yep. uh, Ryan said, only one in the class of 2024 in, uh, in Cooper Cousins, uh, friend of the show. Who yep. uh, who is the one commit in that class? So just a quick me, look at that as we head into December. Real quick. Let me sure. let me clarify one thing. I just want to make sure people because I, I think people are still confused with the consensus and all that. So Jay because Javen Williams is a five star on three, right? You right, know, right. I mean. So I want to just make sure people uh, understand that Javen's still a five star by our scouts, but these ratings are the consensus. So everything that goes into that is twenty four sevens info, ESPN's info, rivals info, our info, all combined. And that's why you're not seeing a five-star on there, even though our site and our scouts have Javon Williams as a five-star. So I just want to make sure people clarify that because I still see people on Twitter all the time asking questions yeah. about that. Well, I'm, I, I made that mistake here of, of conflating mm -hmm. the two, so that's a very good point. Bretton Williams, the next thing up, um, talking about the coaching carousel this time of year, players decommitting, movement in the recruiting rankings. What do you know about mm -hmm. Brenton Williams that you want to share? Yeah, so Brenton's just a, a, a I want to say a late riser because he's he's had quite a few offers for a while now. He committed to Coastal Carolina, had a, had a good relationship with their staff, and Coastal's obviously a up and coming G five program. But he's really racked up some some bigger offers here of late, and uh, Penn State is one of them. Penn State just offered. Uh, I mean, Sean and I, Sean and I did a, a notebook, uh, or actually, Sean helped me with it. But I, I wrote a notebook on I think it was Tuesday. And, uh, you know, we, we, we discussed Bretton Williams in it there as, as probably the next defensive end to get an offer. And then Penn State offered him on Thursday. Uh, Auburn is also one of the, the recent schools to offer. Missouri's in there. Uh, Georgia Tech's another one. But I, I really – this is still very early. But outside looking in, it feels like Auburn and Penn State. And, of course, Auburn doesn't have a coach at the moment. So that will be interesting uh, to see how that plays out there. But he does have real interest in Auburn from what I understand what I'll be watching here moving forward is when he gets on campus. I know Penn state wants him to come on campus December. What is it? 9th to the 11th. That's when they mm -hmm. want pretty much all their top guys coming, whether he can make it that weekend or not. We'll see. I know they've discussed uh, Michigan state. So next weekend with Brenton Williams, uh, but it's going to really kind of depend on his schedule. So let's see how it plays out. Uh, of course I did kind of skip over the, the generics here. I should recap. He's a six, four, 245-pound, three-star uh, defensive lineman from Opelika, Alabama. Opelika, I have no idea how to pronounce that. Uh, how to I pronounce like Opelika. Now, Let's go with that. Opelika, I think that's where it is, but we'll see. Yeah. So uh, we'll see, but he, he's he's certainly, uh, I believe, a defensive end uh, for yeah. Penn State, at least from what I've been told. They like him as a red jersey. Go ahead. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply any any testing numbers, anything you have to share no. on that end? Because, I mean, on film looks incredibly impressive and, and the length is obvious. The size is obvious. But then it always comes down to, you know, the testing numbers and all the other things that can tell you kind of the the story behind the story in, in recruiting where you don't know who they're playing against. 
Yeah, I've got nothing. I don't believe he's okay. done any Under Armour camps. Uh, definitely has never camped at Penn State, anything like that. I mean, he's just been a guy who uh, really kind of started emerging on PSU's board, I'd say, early October. They really started scouting him pretty hard after a good September, and uh, he's just kind of progressed ever since. So I know that there is uh, a wide swath of people in in the Lash building that like him, and that's not always the case. I think people always think that, like, it's a whole group decision. That's not – there's definitely people in Lash that are high on guys that, that others aren't. Uh, but everybody I've talked to has been speaking very highly of Brenton throughout the last week. That's why we put him in our notebook, and uh, here he is getting the offer. So let's see yeah. when he gets on campus. I, again, I they're shooting for December 9th to 11th. I don't know if that's going to work with his schedule, though, so I do know Michigan State has been discussed. So he may be here next weekend. We'll, we'll find out here uh, in a couple of days, really. We By Tuesday, Wednesday, we should know. Yeah, so a couple things that stick out to me here. Uh, Three-star in the on-three consensus, 67th overall defensive lineman, 24th in Alabama. Uh, And then in the consensus ranking, he's the 1,126th player. So this is an unknown player. Like, that's what this tells Mm -hmm. me. When you look at the film and see the height-weight speed that clearly presents itself, but then you look at over here, bit of an unknown. One thing that I just want to point out, it's just something to note not necessarily something that I'm making a uh, decisive comment on. All of those plays that we just saw, none of them was, they were all unblocked. So that mm-hmm. was his, the the most up-to-date, most recent, I think, mid-season highlight reel. Um, without dig- digging into the tape further, just know that, you know, that to me is a huge part of the conversation because you can get a sense of the athleticism and all those things, which is the basis of this. But when we talk about, you know, the things that I like to dig into, translatability, learning curve, all that stuff. I have absolutely no idea based on the, the minute and a half because there was not a lot to discern from that. Um, and so, that's, I was going to say, ahead. that's why schools like Penn State pay like thousands and thousands of dollars so they can access the huddle. Because yep. like they, so big time schools, there's this upper package for huddle where you get complete game fill, right? So, the, so everything that that school puts on huddle for their players to review uh, Penn State gets kind of that access as well. So it's tens and tens of thousands of dollars. I don't think any of the four <laughs> major sites have it. We, we still yeah. kind of uh, go off of, uh, you know, there's, don't get wrong, you get a lot of full games on YouTube. and Oh, yeah. Um, that's, that's, NFHS that's, Network. Yeah. <laughs> that's my but. December, January, and February, and also in the summer is just trolling mm-hmm. YouTube and some other sites that put up high school games and trying to find all that context and all that information. You know, that was one thing about the pandemic that was great was that there were a ton of games on YouTube and there were a ton of games mm-hmm. on NHFS and all those places. Uh, not so that's much anymore. It, it has continued, though, compared to uh, and you're right. A lot of schools have dropped it. I don't want to. Yeah. You're definitely right with that. But just compared to where it was before the pandemic, though, like I was never, ever uh, regularly getting like um like full seasons, like just, just yeah. a lot more schools have decided like, Hey, all of our home games, we're just going to put them on this or that. And yeah. it's, it's again, it has dropped off quite a bit, uh, but it's still above where, where the low bar was in 2017, 2018, stuff like that. So it's been, I, I, I appreciate the context. I appreciate the, 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 uh, <laughs> the back in my day. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, and what, what but it thing- is, Go ahead. I cut you. Yeah, I've cut you off like five times today too. <laughs> uh, one other thing I too I, I, I would say with Brenton Williams' rating is if you look at the consensus and, and the makeup of it, on three has given him the most recent rating, and it's an eighty-eight, so it's a high three-star. 
Uh, 24-7, I think, needs to still upgrade him. They have him as an 86. And then Rivals has him as a 5.5, which is which is pretty low on the three-star scale. So don't be shocked at all if if the this all gets bumped up quite a bit uh, with these Power 5 schools coming to call uh, for Brenton Williams. So last thing, and I know this is something that came from the On3 national recruiting team, but it is big news for Penn State football. Oh, yeah. 2024 quarterback Jaden Bradford. Uh, what's the status with him, and what's the situation mm-hmm. there? Yeah, so he announced his top four this week. Penn State uh, was was one of the schools. Uh, South Carolina, which is where he grew up. Uh, he's at IMG Academy now, but he grew up in uh, in, in South Carolina. Uh, they're one of the schools in there, along with NC State and Louisville. So what I'm really trying to figure out right now, uh, for the longest time, I always thought, yeah, Jaden Bradford is your most realistic quarterback when comparing him to Jaden Davis, and I still believe that's the case. The X factor now, though, is Luke Cromenhoek, who, of course, is committed to Florida State, uh, but has visited Penn State. He came up for the Minnesota game, the whiteout, earlier this year. So I, I get the impression that Cromenhoek, who's a three-star still, but I, I feel pretty confident saying that's going to change here in the near future after the season he's having. I think he might be Yurchis' top target now. Uh, compared to Bradford, but th- that doesn't mean Bradford wouldn't necessarily be a take. So Bradford kind of hasn't really said when he's going to come in. It's just kind of whenever he feels ready. I still think probably springtime makes sense there, but but we'll see uh, how, how it all plays out. But what will be interesting to me is if Bradford wants to commit, what do they do there? And then do they still continue to pursue Cromenhoek? I think that they, they probably would seriously consider it at least, especially if it's March and, you know, you can't sign guys – uh, for pretty much a, a not not a whole year, but you know what I mean. What is that? In eight nine months. So yeah, uh, we'll we'll see how it plays out. But Cromanholt kind of feels like he's the guy who's emerged at the top now. Uh, but Bradford's still very much in the mix. Yeah, I, I just sorry I got distracted watching uh, Bradford's highlights and he's throwing out routes with anticipation, and I'm like, that's pretty good right there. Like you no. <laughs> you don't see that in high school too much. So Penn State's mm-hmm. in a great position with it with a very good quarterback that, as you've mentioned, is at IMG. So uh, another good position. And you say, is this uh, you know maybe uh, you know Bradford is a take even if they got their top target? Would this be a two quarterback cycle? Is that something that you could see realistically happening? If Vayer leaves, possibly, because uh, you know Clifford's leaving, uh, and 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 if, if Vayer leaves, which I think there's a real chance he will, then you're down to two guys. Yeah, you'd, you'd probably prefer to have four scholarship quarterbacks than three. So uh, it's it's going to depend on a lot on Vayer, and and you know obviously it's going to depend on Pribula's uh, growth throughout the spring. I mean, there's so many things that trying to predict where they're going to be at in December 2023 is kind of or December 2024. Wait. What is it? 2022? Yeah, it's December 2023. Excuse me. Uh, where they're at is, is hard to say. But yeah, if 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 Christian leaves, I, I think it's something they'll they'll certainly consider. All right. Well, that is our update for recruiting. Now for my favorite part of the show. Not to say that the recruiting stuff in that 20-minute conversation wasn't awesome, but now we get to that. I think this is going to be one of the best seasons Toledo's ever had. Uh, we'll do the official play will be minus seven and a half first half. Degenerate in me sometimes watches a little Hawaii, you know. Uh, Stanford, I'll, I'll, I'll lay 12 with Stanford. Vanderbilt stinks. I had them last week against Notre Dame. That was a winner. I very much want to make that my, uh, I want to make that song my ringtone. That gets me so hyped for this <laughs> segment. It is catchy. 
I do find myself nodding at the end every time. So, so here we go. This is our best bets of the week. Take us through what you got, starting with USC at UCLA, a rivalry game of Big Ten teams. Yes, Big Ten. You threw me off there for a second. Oh, I'm just getting everyone like, used to it. I'm just getting like, everyone what? in the rhythm. <laughs> so, yeah, I think uh, – well, first off, I, I would say this. Like, this is not a great week to be betting. Um, I, I, I picked four games here. It, I'm – really not incredibly confident on any of them. It's just not a good week. This is the week where a lot of cupcakes are scheduled. Everybody's kind of looking ahead next week to rivalry week. It's just, it's, this isn't one of the best weeks to bet. So I'm getting that out there now to start with that said, I do, I do like you at UCLA a lot in this one. I'll, I'll take them getting plus two and a half. Uh, I've just been, I've been high on UCLA all year. I've been against USC all year. I'm not going to change that now. Uh, now, yes, UCLA did get upset last week by Arizona. I think they were looking ahead to this game quite a bit in that one. Uh, what really, from an X and O standpoint, stands out to me, though, is Dorian Thompson-Robinson, Zach Charbonnet. I think their combination on the ground is going to give USC a lot of issues. USC has been terrible defensively all year, but they're mm-hmm. really terrible uh, against the run. So I expect them to consistently pound, uh, pound the rock uh, through this one. A couple other things, too. Chip Kelly. As an underdog in conference games, 16 and 8 against the spread all time. I like that number. Uh, and also, the Pac 12 just always cannibalizes itself. So, it does. I, I just I, I can't see any world where USC runs the table here and, and wins out. Uh, we saw it last week with Oregon, we saw it last week with UCLA. Uh, you know, maybe USC pulls this out. I, I don't think they do. But even if they do, like I'm pounding Notre Dame next week or I'm pounding the other team in the Pac-12 championship, I, I just don't see any world where where USC runs the table here. I mean, not only that, but USC, I saw this Saturday the other day, they haven't played a top 30 team all year. Or they, excuse me, no, they played two. Excuse me, I apologize. They played two top 30 teams all year. They lost to Utah and then yep. they barely beat Oregon State. And everybody else has been just incredibly pedestrian. So uh, I, think, I think they're going to get challenged uh, a bit by – I guess they're rival. I mean, they're certainly rivals, but there's just not a there's not a rivalry like Michigan Ohio right. State, for example. Is right. What I'm saying by that, but but the stadium is actually supposed to be pretty packed for this game, uh, which is which is great because you never see the Rose Bowl uh, packed except for during the actual Rose Bowl game. So anyway, give me UCLA plus two and a half here. Uh, I would love to catch a three. I don't think you're going to catch a three, uh, but I, I think the Bruins. I think the Bruins will win this one outright, honestly. Yeah, we were we were talking uh, earlier this week, and I just threw out there, you know, is the is the is the Pac-12 going to be able to get two teams into the playoffs? And, you know, it was like, yeah, uh, you missed the end of the Oregon game where they lost <laughs> to Washington. That's right. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I forgot about I, that. I was like, I, I meant to wake up and check that, and I was like, ah, Oregon probably won. And, I, you know, I went about my life, which is from Saturday night until that that meeting on Monday is 100% film study. Like, I am in the in the dungeon watching the film. And I came up, I'm like, Oregon lost. Yeah. Whoa. UCLA. Yeah. <laughs> UCLA lost to Arizona, so that was yeah. that was. I mean, Washington's a quality team. Arizona, not so much. But yeah. yeah. They, uh, uh, next next game, Boston College getting twenty one points on the road at Notre Dame. Do you trust Notre Dame here? I don't trust Notre no. Dame. Hell okay. no. Give me give me the points. Uh, look, just this is really simple. Let's look at Notre Dame's ATS record this year against the spread. Four zero when they're an underdog. One and five when they're a favorite, and not only that, but but when they're a favorite of more than ten points, they're zero and five. 
Okay. So, so what's that tell you? They, they play to their competition. They've been doing yeah. this all year. They got a big dog coming in. They're the underdog. They're hyped. They're ready to go. They're going to play. We just saw last week with Navy. Navy covered easily in that game, you know, made it. I mean, Notre Dame, the whole second half, Notre Dame was incredibly pedestrian. And then not only that, like, okay, Boston College, like Phil Yurkovich, Boston College quarterback, been one of the biggest disappointments this year. I really liked Phil. I thought Phil was going to have a great year. He's, he's been very poor, honestly. But they brought in this freshman quarterback, Emmett Moorhead at BC. Uh, looked pretty good against Duke in his first game. And then last week, man, threw for 330 yards against NC State. It was a really impressive performance. Uh, so I think with Notre Dame having USC on deck, and then also like just kind of what we saw last week against Navy, I expect this to be another one where, yeah, Notre Dame will get the win. But 21 is a big number. I mean, they got to win by th- more than three touchdowns in this one. Uh, I'll, I'll definitely take that number there. I think I think Notre Dame can win this by two touchdowns, maybe 17, but yeah. uh, BC gets the cover. Yeah, I think that's a smart play as well. So the last one before we get to our game of the week, <laughs> in air quotes, it's Ole Miss at Arkansas. So what do we got yeah. here? Yeah, so uh, I just sorry I'm laughing at Penn State records being in your your game of the week. I know we say it every week, but it's just like, come on, that's not a game of the week in anybody's mind except for uh, except for T Frank maybe. But anyway, all right, tough spot here for Ole Miss. That's what I uh, that's what I see in this one. Uh, they blew a lead last week against Alabama, right? I mean, they should have beat Alabama, and now they have the Egg Bowl uh, this upcoming Thursday. So I think this is one of those sandwich spots. Uh, where where it doesn't really work out too well for them. So I like Arkansas getting two and a half here. Uh, KJ J- Jackson, uh, Jefferson, KJ Jefferson, I forget. KJ uh, Jefferson, yep. Yes, yeah. Uh, he's missed a couple games over the last couple weeks. Uh, sounds like he's going to be back for this one. I like that. They've also got their right tackle back, Dalton Wagner. Uh, I think that's going to be really important for Arkansas. Arkansas is a quality team. I mean, I don't put a lot of stock on what we saw against Penn State last year because Penn State's missing so many players. But I still think they're a better team than the way their season has played out. You know, they're five and five right now. They got two winnable games here. Or I, I guess this is a winnable game. I think it's a winnable game uh, to get mm-hmm. to seven and five. And I really do think they can run the table. One other thing that stands out to me uh, under Pittman, Sam Pittman, uh, Arkansas is seven and zero oh against the spread against top 20 teams that aren't named Alabama or Georgia. So, you know, basically the second tier of those SEC teams, when they get a shot at them, they've covered uh, all, all seven games. Uh, under Pittman. So give me Arkansas plus two and a half in this one. Um, I just think this is going to be a, a dud spot for Ole Miss looking ahead to the Egg Bowl. All right. So uh, let's put this up one more time and give us a quick recap of what we picked here and then we'll get to Penn State at Rutgers. Yeah, UCLA. I mean, I, I don't think if, if UCLA doesn't lose to Arizona, this they're not getting two and a half. I think they're given one or two in this game. So I think that that loss last week kind of gives us some extra points here that we probably wouldn't be getting uh, if they win that game. So give me those. Take I'll take the points with UCLA plus two and a half. Boston College, Notre Dame, really simple. Notre Dame plays up to their competition. They play down to their competition. Uh, big, big favorites in this one. They haven't been covering big spreads all year. I'll take the 21. And then Ole Miss, Arkansas. You got the Egg Bowl on deck for Ole Miss. Arkansas is trying to get back to a uh, get back to a bowl, bowl game. Excuse me. Uh, they have Jefferson back in this game. Uh, they're supposed to at least. And then they have the right tackle coming back. I just think it's a really tough spot for Ole Miss. And uh, I'll gladly take the two and a half points. Would love to get those two and a half to three. And if you see it on Saturday, snatch them because uh, then I really like those plays. But uh, for now, I, I think both of those, Arkansas and UCLA, can win outright. All right, so there you have it. Those are your best bets. Now let's get to Penn State uh, at Rutgers. Rutgers 
gets 19 points in this game. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, yeah, they're yep. getting they're getting 19, 19. points in the game. Mm-hmm. What what are you looking at here? Uh, no one's breaking this game down. I'm not breaking <laughs> this game down. If we spend more than five minutes on this, come on. Uh, look, it's real simple. I mean, Penn State. How many times has Penn State got the 30 this year? I mean, it's been pretty much all but two all games. But, all but two, right? So yep. so with a 20 point spread, and then they should be able to get to 30 again. The the question is, does does Rutgers score 10 to 14 points? I, I think that they can maybe get to 10, but I, I don't see do they get two touchdowns against Penn State's defense? I just I don't I don't see not it. unless and the backups it. come in for the whole second half, right? So if yeah. you've got the third string out there, it's your it's it's the ultimate backdoor cover. That's that's about mm-hmm. it. Yeah, so I, I just I, I I think you have to pick Penn State in this one. I mean, there's parts of me that thinks uh, maybe the over a little bit too, uh, but but I'll, I'll just I'll I'll lay the 19. They they should be able to cover this. I've won. Hey, I've hit two back to back Penn State games. Maybe we're, maybe we're uh, we're flipping the tide on that one there, T Frank. But uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't really. What's feel there to say about 19? Like right? <laughs> I, I don't. Rutgers is not good. Penn State yeah. should should cover this, but you know they they. They're not like Notre Dame. So Notre Dame really plays up and down. There, they're really Jekyll and Hyde. But Penn State's yeah. done that quite a few times, uh, not just this year, but over the years too. So, yeah, I, I guess play nineteen, but just don't don't bet it. Watch the first half and then move on. <laughs> <laughs> so don't don't listen to Ryan. Watch the first half, hang right. out, do some laundry, do something during the second half, but then. Join the BWI live post-game show directly after the game so we can talk about it and the implications of Penn State beating Rutgers. So I just I want I really need a crowd to still show up for the post-game during this game. No, no, no. It's not you. It's human nature. Like I would go out and do whatever during the second half of that game. Uh, but you know, it, it's uh, it's still something that we have to we have to examine. We have to go through the process. The one and zero mentality. Take each game and each day as it is. You know, that's that's what it is. Except for this week. Um, I, I I'll get I'll say this right off the bat. I am not at the same level of understanding about what Rut, what Rutgers is as I have been about the other opponents because I don't hate myself and I didn't watch 14 hours of Rutgers film this week. <laughs> I took a brief purview of a couple snaps of the games and I'm also relying on some of the things I saw other teams do to Rutgers this year. So we're working from a different level of understanding, but I do think we've seen enough to talk about some of the things that make this interesting to me. Aaron Lewis is uh, let me give you this stat line 33 pressures which is a great number according to pff 15 quarterback hits one sack so the tackle situation this is the first time penn state's faced a legitimately good pass rusher that could make them pay for not having their starting unit out there can that happen can they frustrate the penn state passing attack so it is not a 30 point win but it's closer to that spread, right? Um, And then on the flip side, Nick Singleton. His transformation last week and, and, and just like his personality as a football player, when I see a dude on fourth down run for a 30-yard touchdown and his, his celebration is beating his own helmet, like that dude's intense. He's, there's no let up in Nick Singleton. There's, there's none of that happening this week. Um, but Rutgers 
sound defense, sort of. Um, I think you can push him off the ball. I think Penn State can run the ball in this game. And then that's kind of game over when Penn State can run the football. Um, one of the things that we, we saw last week against Michigan State, and this is what um, Fitz was talking about on the show yesterday. I, we had a conversation, you know, off air. Rutgers was so bad at giving up the middle of the football field to Michigan State. Uh, and and when I talked to uh, the, our Rutgers beat re- reporter earlier this week, he said that there was an injury to the linebackers, and that was one of their worst defensive performances all season long. Are they going to allow that to happen two weeks in a row? Is Greg Schiano going to allow that to happen two weeks in a row, especially considering... Um, I think now two weeks in a row, the game script has been the same against Penn State now. The tight ends are a threat, and we are going to play, we're going to box you out of the center of the football field. So everyone is hyper aware of taking away the center of the football field. Is that going to happen? And I just, I have a hard time when, when I see at least good defensive coaches, and, and then, okay, so you're going to do that two weeks in a row. You're going to allow that to happen two weeks in a row. They may give up 400 yards, Part of my brain says they're not giving up any of those yards in the middle of the football field. But can you fix that in one week? Like, that's the scales, the balancing act going on in my head of, like, I can't, I, I just, it seems ridiculous that you would allow that to happen twice in a row. Especially seeing as everyone has this book on Penn State. Um, so, it doesn't matter, though, because Penn State's going to find explosive plays no matter how they need to. You can get it in the deep passing game, you can get it in the short passing game, you can get it in the running game, you can get it in the screen game. Like, they are disciplined but they at least last week and going a lot off of last week because that's the majority of what i watched specifically for this game is they can get into position whatever combination of players they have right now from last week they can absolutely execute the defense so you are doing a uh, you're rolling your coverage and you're bringing a safety down into the box and he's covering the flat they can get there and then somebody catches the ball on the flat and the safety doesn't make a tackle so great you executed that disguise coverage perfectly but then you didn't play football after that. That seemed to be a huge problem for them last week. And if that can, if that continues, it doesn't matter. And then defensively, Penn State is going to shut this team down. There are no weapons that I saw that are like, okay, you need to pay attention to those. And I didn't see an offensive line that's a good run blocking unit, but Penn State's going to defeat it. Like they shut down Minnesota, who had better players. So that's not going to happen. And then to me, this is another defensive shutout potential. Um, so I'm, I'm very bullish on the over on this one personally, or I'm on the, uh, on, on them covering this game. My, my prediction was 45 to 10. So that's where I guess I'm seeing this game. Yeah. Well, the, and the over under is 45. So like, that's why I was like, I kind of like the over, you know, but it, it, but when we've also seen these games over the years where, you know, Penn state puts up 28 and and they kind of (laughs) just cake it's even kind of like last week against Maryland, right? Or I mean, I had the under last week, and they just kind of the whole second half was was. Man, not, I can't, I cannot have them put up twenty eight points again. I can't have Drew Aller not play, and I just I can't have that conversation with people again. I just don't <laughs> want to do it. So they need to put up thirty five in the first half so that it just makes everyone's life easier. Please. <laughs> Anything I'll else? No, I mean, I would just say when I look at like some advanced, uh, you know, advanced power ratings and things like that. I mean, Rutgers offense comes in ranked 125 uh, in the country against Penn State's uh, 
you know, top 20 power rated yeah. defense. So, I mean, that that's going to be massive. And really, it's just Rutgers passing game. that has been incredibly poor. They, yep. They've been able to run the ball a little bit, but. Um, I think you wrote it actually in your preview this week. So did, so did Hemby, uh, you know, against Maryland and then look, look what happened last week. So uh, Penn State should be able to cover this number, but uh, you know, it's, I've seen, I've seen weirder things, you know, for, for yeah. them not to cover, but, but in my eyes, I, I don't see, you know, Penn State gets the 35. I don't see how Maryland gets the 15. So. Yeah. Uh, that'll do it for the BWI Daily Edition. I'm your host, Thomas Frank Carr. We'll be back tomorrow. Sean Fitz is joining the postgame show. He made the uh, editorial decision and the executive decision to not go to Rutgers, which anytime you can avoid going to New Jersey is a brilliant strategy. So he's going to be joining us on the postgame show and uh, we'll be bringing you live analysis and impact of what happens in Piscataway. Join us. Please come to the show. Uh, please don't just go do yard work. It'll be dark anyway. Just hang out on the internet for a little while longer. Uh, we'll talk to you then. See ya. So for the record, I love New Jersey. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.